Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Shot from distance, blocked by Nathan McKinnon, who went horizontal. Sam Gerrard stays with it, scrapes away from Cairo. Did it go out of the zone? Nope. It's kept in by Krug. Again, to your point, Rycroft. Shen, backhand feed, near side, 20 seconds left. O'Connor keeping an eye on Tarasenko. Backdoor feed, glove save made by Georgiev. It's Georgiev with a Georgiev glove save. And in the name of glove... The Avalanche netminder saves the bacon with 15 seconds to go. All the small things, true care, truth brings. I'll take one lift, your ride, best trip, always. You heard the call right here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. The Avs bounce back from failing to hold a 3-1 lead two nights ago against the Ducks. They had the same 3-1 lead going into the final frame this afternoon against their division rivals, the St. Louis Blues, but they hang on. They get an empty netter from Matt Nieto, and you heard the call from Connor McGahee and Mark Rycroft there. 15 seconds to go, a sensational glove save by Alexander Georgiev to rob Jordan Cairo and put the end, put the final nail in the coffin to the comeback for the St. Louis Blues. Welcome in to Between the Pipes, presented by Carrier Colorado. I'm your host, Alex Ryan Emmy. You guys know me better as Raj, joined as always by my co-host, the radio machine, Mark Springer and Jordan Berg, behind the glass on the ones and twos this evening. Spring, it was a hot start. It was a 3-0 lead. Alex Newhook scores. You get a bonus goal, right? Those are bonus goals. And everything was going right. Until it wasn't, and the Avs went eight straight minutes to start the second or third period, rather, without a shot attempt. Yeah, three game homestand, three third periods that were less than ideal, but two of them you look at and you say, hey, none the worse for wear. Escape with two wins against the Caps and the Blues, and then you let the weakest team of the three get you in the third period. But, you know, they came out hot. They got out to the three nothing lead, and you lose at home to Anaheim and and there's that talk after the game of hey let's not let that happen again so they get out uh, get up to a three nothing lead against a better St. Louis team uh wanted to give it away though wanted to try to give it away in the third yeah they got out shot 10 to 5 in the third and the odds actually made that closer than it should have been in the shot department uh as the period went on it was all blues really there in the third but yeah huge uh, Georgiev save and then Matt Nieto gets the empty net goal 
with like less than 10 seconds to go. Um, so good to see the Long Beach native seal the deal for the abs tonight. His ninth of the season, Maniano scored eight goals with the Sharks. That's not bad. He was playing top six minutes. There's not much talent there in <laughs> San Jose. It's not a knock on Matt Nieto, but Matt Nieto is a solid bottom six player. San Jose doesn't have much talent up there up top, and he was performing well. There's a reason why the abs went out and got him. It's immediate return on investment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we got the report, the update yesterday that Darren Helm like could start to the process of coming back after the all-star break. So, you know, maybe you thought when they acquired Matt Nieto that, uh uh-oh, he's a Helm replacement and Helm's going to be out for a while, but that might not even necessarily be the case. So the more depth, the merrier. And, you know, you got to keep in mind, after the all-star break, that first game back, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Byram's playing, Manson's playing, Nachushkin's playing. So you're going to have as close to a full group coming out of nine days rest also heading into a really tough stretch of schedule, but that's why it's going to be great to get everybody back. Your first four games out of the break at Pittsburgh, at Tampa Bay, at Florida, and then home against Tampa yet again. So you see the team that you saw in the Stanley Cup final last year twice within a span of three games. First time that they will be down there at Amelie Arena since they hoisted uh, the Stanley Cup in the late spring, early summer of last year. So it's a it's a hit the ground running type of introduction back to the NHL schedule that you did mention there. If you get those guys back, that's the healthiest the abs have been all season. Since like the first couple nights of the season. Right. Yeah. Cause now the only key piece still out would be Landeskog, and he's been out all year. So you're right back to square one. And how how about this too? They lose seven of eight. Then they win seven of eight. That's it just some, gets washed. That's, that's some good 500 <laughs> hockey right there. That's some really good 500 hockey. And with the still in and outs of the lineup, the injuries have, have, have been around. I mean, Nachushkin's been out the past couple games. Uh, yet you play 500 hockey over the past month. Uh, so it all evens itself out. Hell, the Blues did something like that early in the season. They lost like six in a row. Then they won six in a row. The Avs are doing their best Blues impression here. Look, I told you. Coming into this Blues game, the Blues will fight. The Blues will fight. You know, they end up losing this game, and now they come to the All-Star break, and they're going to have to start asking themselves, are we sellers? But you see the effort that they put out there. That team does not quit. Again, it's another reason why it's a nice win for the Avs today because the Blues don't quit. Man, it was weird, though. The first 40 minutes, I thought they, did, they didn't want to be anywhere near the ice. The first 40 minutes of the game, St. Louis looked completely disinterested, Mm -hmm. completely disengaged. Uh, They're on a slide. They were down early again. And listen, I know Avs fans hate Jordan Bennington. I can't stand watching the guy play hockey. I think he is... The attitude there is ridiculous. The puff out my chest. I'm going to go into the corner and not really do anything. Just punch Logan O'Connor in the side of the head. And then when big bad Curtis McDermott comes into the corner, I'm going to skate to the other side of the rink and then go grab a water bottle and start chirping at Alexander Georgiev from the other side. And little does he know he talks a big game toward Alex Georgiev. That dude punched Tony D'Angelo square in the face in Madison Square Garden in the locker room. That Georgiev doesn't take any crap. Like, you think you're going to talk big game to a guy who grew up in the Eastern Bloc? Come on. Big chest Jordan Bennington. He's the, he's the, 
He's the biggest douche in the league. I, I have to say it. What, what goaltender jumps into a scrum like that? Uh, Ron Hextall. And, and he, You're not Ron Hextall. And he didn't do anything in there. And then he's like, yeah, look at me. I'm tough. Hey, he's a good goaltender, though. He plays well in the playoffs. So it'll he be plays well in the playoffs. I don't. Again, I think he's Cam Ward with a bad attitude. It'll be very interesting to see what St. Louis decides here with Ryan O'Reilly and uh, a couple others. Because they're, they they're, gotta they're borderline. Be, man, they got to be sellers. It, it, I think they'd be dumb not to be sellers. You have pending UFAs in O'Reilly and Tarasenko. It's probably not the worst thing in the world to sign O'Reilly, but you're probably getting diminishing returns on the back half of that deal, right? Mm-hmm. When O'Reilly, you know, gets to be 37, 38, 39 years old, and he's had all these miles, plays heavy defensive hockey. He's been in the league since he was 18 years old. Like, people forget that, right? He came in as a second-round draft pick as an 18-year-old and made the team. He, he has long, long years on those legs. That's probably something that's in the back of their heads there uh, in the front office in St. Louis is, well, we're going to get a great captain. He wants to be here, but what happens when we pay this guy $7 million a year annually and we're having to eat it you know, close to 2030? So I think it's probably smart of them to ship at least one of those two players off and then just try and retool because they need the cap room. Yeah, I mean, you could trade them and get assets, and then if you feel so inclined, re-sign them in the offseason. That's a strategy I always think more teams should imply if you're borderline. you got to look yourselves in the mirror if you're the Blues and say, are we really going to win a cup? But they could look themselves in the mirror and say, look, we've come from the death before, and of all the Western Conference teams that the Avs played in their dominating Stanley Cup run— the one Western Conference team that actually got two games on him was the Blues. Right. So the Blues could do these mental gymnastics where they say, well, if we could just get O'Reilly back and look, this team does play hard. They could. It wouldn't shock me at all if St. Louis ended up as a playoff team. I do have a ton of respect for that team. You know, I think some, they're good enough. Some shenanigans aside, that team is competitive. I think they're good enough. I just don't know if this year is the right year to push all your chips to the front of the table, right? Again, if you had more time on Vladimir Tarasenko on his contract, I'd say, all right, you're fine. Uh, don't move anybody, but Tarasenko's a pending UFA, and he still hasn't rescinded his ask to be traded away from St. Louis, which means if he walks this year, you get nothing for him. And that's a guy who I- I'm sure there could be a late first-round pick out there for Vlad Tarasenko. The guy's coming off a year uh, in which he had north of 30 goals that there's not a lot of 30 goal scores that are just magically available at the deadline. You can get a good haul for him. That's why I'm saying logically, it probably makes sense to move one of these two guys knowing that Ryan O'Reilly isn't anywhere close to coming back, right? Like he still has another three weeks before his broken foot gets reevaluated. It's not like O'Reilly is like, you know, he's back mm-hmm. after the break. If that's the case, then yeah, then you, 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 you're leaning sellers. Then you absolutely are. Cause you, you got to have Ryan O'Reilly, coming up if you're st louis and if you're not going to have him that's going to hurt a lot uh, a couple texts here uh brendan says abs fans live rent free in jordan bennington's head you're darn right this texter says uh, mckinnon took a hell of a hit on that deflection at the end any word on that yeah he blocked a shot uh with the knee he's probably fine do you think he skips the all-star game though he's like ah my knee i mean did you hear his post-game interview with leah hextall i did not he has Dude, he has zero desire to go to Florida. So Hextall was, or Leah has this this comment when she brings 
Nate and they're in the, the locker room, like right outside of, of where the abs players get dressed. And she makes this comment of, well, you have seven full days off before, you know, you have to travel out to Pittsburgh and go play. And Nate has this little pause. And well, he goes, well, now I'm headed to the all-star game. So I'll play in that, you know, because the fans voted me in and you could tell on his face. He's like, guys, I, I have zero desire to play in this. Nate will probably be there and skate because the last time he got voted in with three avalanche players, you remember he was on the bench with the Timmy Horton's coffee cup being a coach. I, I think the league probably wants to see their young star who just come off or came off of a Stanley cup championship participate in the weekend's events. I don't know that there's going to be many more times in the future that Nate truly wants to be there or decides to go to the all-star game. I think after this year, you will see the Sidney Crosby treatment where Nate takes a few years off. And he's like, yeah, I've got a lower body injury. Sorry, won't be there. Uh, he, I mean, that's exactly it. He could play that card right now. I got a bruised knee. Did you see that shot I blocked? Couldn't have, couldn't have been a better time on that block shot with 15 seconds left in the game. That to me is a ticket to not go to the all-star game. If I'm Nate, I'm like, thank God I got hit in the knee. What an excuse. He deserves what, it, man. What an excuse that just popped up for me and my team just won and got an empty net goal. Wow. That was a great five seconds for me. <laughs> He deserves it. Like, take the damn time off. He doesn't need to be there. Kale and Miko will be there. I mean, Miko's the guy who needs to be there. Right. He's the true all-star from this team this season. Um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if Kale, or excuse me, if Nate uh, just was like, yeah, yeah, lower body injury. I'm day-to-day. If you guys want to join the program, please do so. 303-504-0925 on the Champ Mazda text line. You can also use that number to call the program here and have your voice be heard in studio. We're over time. We got to hit a break. But before we do so, want to remind you that the limited ticket release priority list is going mobile. All you have to do is sign up to receive limited ticket offers via text to be the first one to know when tickets for the 2022 and 23 season and beyond become available. Text AVS to 48429 to sign up now. We'll take a quick timeout, come back on the other side, have some more Bennington conversation. AVS win 4-2. We'll get to your calls next on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Honey, give me an Altitude Sports Radio 92.5, Denver's exclusive home for the 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. You heard Connor McGahee on the call alongside Mark Rycroft as the Avs win their seventh game in eight tries, this time against the St. Louis Blues by a score of 4-2. Between the Pipes is brought to you by Carrier Colorado. From heating and cooling to healthier indoor air and full control with a touch of a button, visit CarrierColorado.com to find a local carrier expert and feel the comfort today. Uh, spring, this game had largely everything in it. We almost got the bonus. We were so damn close to seeing a goalie fight, and the referees wouldn't let it happen. And I have a bone to pick. How dare you? How freaking dare you, referees, I don't know your names, but I'm trying to find them right now. I will find them. How dare you, Graham Skilladier and Brandon Blandina? How dare you, Devin Berg or Kyle Murchison? Come between us and a goalie fight. I haven't seen a goalie fight since Wah versus Osgood or Wah versus Vernon. 
All I want to see is Jordan Bennington get his face beaten in by Alexander Georgiev, and you just had to be a policeman out there and do your job. All you had to do, all you had to do was turn a blind eye, and it would have been gold. See, Bennington's such a heel, though, that he'd hide behind the ref. He probably whispered to the ref, hey, restrain me real quick. Uh, <laughs> let me out of let me out really does, yeah he he pretends he wants to fight but then if he actually like if Georgiev like literally was about to throw on him he would he turned the other way. That's a great way to um to try and puff yourself up at the bar too. Like if someone bumps into a girl that you're talking to or trying to spit game and he's bigger than you and you're clearly going to get your ass beat, all you got to do is whisper to your buddy like, "Hey, I'm going to go try and start a fight. All I need you to do is grab me by the shirt and pull me back. Not today, bro. Not today, mm-hmm. bro. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. All mm-hmm. I need you to do is show the girl that I'm going to step up, right? Yeah. I'm here. I can do this. I'm not afraid. I'm going to defend your honor. But in the back of my head, no shot. I'm fighting that dude. That's Jordan Biddington. Yeah. Just whisper to your teammates. Hey, restrain me real quick. Let me act like I want to fight. Um, hey, uh, Alex Newhook now has five goals in eight games. It continues. He keeps on doing it. Um, Evan Rodriguez had a team high six shots on goal tonight. JT Confer had four shots on goal, including a goal um, on a rebound from a Sam Gerard pass. Or it was a shot. It was a pads pass shot. Slap love shot. Good, love the, a good pads pass. Point. Got the rebound right to JT Comfer. Sam Gerard blocked five shots tonight. That was far more than any other Avs player. Uh, meanwhile, McKinnon one shot on goal. Lekkinen one shot on goal. Rantanen one shot on goal. Or excuse me, two for Rantanen. Um, one for McKinnon, zero for Lekkinen. Was looking at the wrong column there. Uh, nonetheless. That's depth, baby. Sure is. That's depth. Your big guys aren't really producing over the past couple games um, from a certainly a, a a shot attempt, shots on net, scoring chance standpoint. Not that they're not affecting the game in other ways, but here tonight or today, it's Confer, it's New Hook, it's Rodriguez. It's the depth. These are encouraging signs. Sam Girard, an assist in those five, five block shots. Two shots on goal um, from Sam. No other abs defenseman had... More than one shot on goal tonight. And Sam got more shifts than anyone tonight for a defenseman. 31 shifts for Sam, only 28 uh, for McCarr and Taves. Sammy G playing well right He's now. He's playing better and better, man. His stock is rising. Dave from Winnipeg has been waiting patiently on hold. Davo, you're live. What's up, man? What's going on, boys? Great game. Other than the last little bit there, it was awesome. Um, so I was in the ESPN feed. Uh, which I don't know why I always get the American one. No, no, no not the American one, but not, I don't get the local Denver feed. But when uh, Georgie was hitting the center ice, Ray Ferraro, I don't know if he knows anything that I don't know, but he says, oh, Georgie, better not cross that center line. If he crosses, that's going to be uh, not a misconduct, but uh, uh, it's going to be a penalty if he crosses it because they don't want goalies fighting. And, and I'm looking at this going, there's no way you get penalty for that. He's going to cross it. He's he's entering the uh, Bennington's going going to, to to fight. You know, big Steve McDee's in there as well. Don't get me wrong, but there has got to be something happening. For if a goalie doesn't want to be hit in his crease and he wants to leave his crease and initiate contact, there has got to be some sort of discipline. Whether it's him serving in the back of goalie going in there or a fine, there has to, especially for Bennington being a Ugh, a pain in the you know what. Something has got to happen to this guy. 
Because it's getting, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. Him thinking that he is he's God. He can do no wrong, and something has got to be done with that. I agree. I, I, I really do. I, Dave, you're, you're spot on there, man. I, I appreciate the call. And Bennington does need to have this type of, it's not a come to Jesus moment, but if you're going to go out and pick a fight constantly, which he does more than any other player in the league. And it's funny because he's a guy who has the most gear on. He's between the pipes. Uh, well, shout out to the show here. You eventually need to answer the toll, right? So, like, if you're going to be that guy that throws blockers or goes into the corner because you get a little stick tap from Logan O'Connor in the front of the net, eventually the league needs to allow a fight to happen because it's just it's you're going to continue to see these types of frays happen that a player like Bennington starts until there's an actual fight. Right, it will it will only stop if there's an actual altercation and the league continues to step in. I'm not advocating for a continuous violence or goalie fights all over the place, but eventually, like when you keep poking the bear, you have to meet the bear. You have to fight the bear. But right now, there's a big zoo cage in between Bennington and whatever bear he wants to poke that day. So if Georgiev crossed center ice, would he have? Would that, would that have been a penalty? It could have been a penalty. You could have also removed the goaltender from the game for instigating a fight. But then again, if, if that happens, Bednar probably loses his mind at the referee saying, well, this is Bennington going after my own player in the corner. Um, it probably would have been a penalty had he crossed. I thought it was Ray Ferraro saying that, hey, you don't want to do that. Like, you don't want a piece of Jordan Bennington because he's, like, so hyped up. That's not a typical goalie that you'd be fighting. It's a very, like, hyped up goaltender. And I thought that was funny. Mm. Maybe I was reading the situation wrong, but when I heard that call from Ferraro saying, hey, you don't want a piece of that, I went, what are you talking about? He doesn't want a piece of that. (laughs) What... What person doesn't take Alexander Georgiev in that fight? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, Referencing earlier in the show, Raj, you did how he punched his own teammate in the face when he was with the Rangers. He doesn't like bigots. But yeah, it's a very, he only throws well-earned punches. You had to earn it. And Georgiev will dish if you earn it. Um, But yeah, Bennington doesn't want the smoke, man. Georgiev goes to center ice. There's no chance in hell Bennington meets him there. There's no chance. Georgiev's going the right way. He's saying, you actually want some? I love that. And Bennington's saying, no, I actually don't. I'm being a fake tough guy over here in the corner. It's also Georgiev having his finger on the pulse, right? So not only does he know the history of the team and the player, it also tells me that throughout the league, he's probably not a very popular guy with other goaltenders mm-hmm. probably right because it maybe maybe Georgie knew of what happened in the postseason last year but more likely than not this is probably a reaction of Georgiev to just the general ethos of Jordan Bennington and I would have to think <laughs> that that thought process is shared amongst many goaltenders league-wide yeah yeah I, I would say so I would say so Georgiev uh just intimidating Bennington a little bit right there. <laughs> Abs win 4-2. We'll take a quick timeout on the other side. We'll set you up for the 11-game slate across the NHL. We'll also continue to break down this game as the Abs win 4-2. They head into the break on a high note, beating the blue note.
four, two, seven wins in eight tries. They're back for the time being in the third spot in the central. Mark Springer, Alex Ryanemi, Jordan Berg, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Abs win 4-2 this evening. Alex Newhook, his 12th goal of the season on his 22nd birthday. JT Comfer scores his 10th of the year. Uh, just a couple of minutes after that, Evan Rodriguez, number 11, Nathan McKinnon, 41 assists already on the year. That's tied for sixth lead wide uh, with Rasmus Dahlin of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he also continues to climb in terms of points per games played 1.47 thus far uh, on the season for McKinnon. That is fourth in the league behind Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl and Tampa's Nikita Kucherov. Enjoy that all-star break, Nate. Seriously, don't go to the game. Take it off. I don't know, go. I know to the Johnny Canuck says, "Hey, it's a paid trip. The fans want to see." A... I, I'm probably not even going to watch the All Star game. I'll watch I... it for a couple of minutes. I, I'll watch some of the skills competition, but not all of it. Yeah, like yeah. I'll watch hardest shot and accuracy, and that's probably it. Well, the little tournament format that they do. And, like, they take breaks between the games. It, it just, just drags on. Yeah, it's long. I'll watch a little bit of it. Depends on if I have money on a team. Do I got money on the Central? Then maybe I'll watch. I don't know. How does one bet the All-Star game? You can bet the individual matchups. And you can bet, like, the ultimate winner, too. Yeah. And then, like, once, like, because you start with the semis. And then once the finals are set, then that line will become available. It's funny. I'm kind of over the three-on-three all-star format. I think it's better, though. I think it's better than the old one um, because what if, we meet if you're doing a full 60-minute exhibition hockey game, I think that could drag even more. That, those dragged even more. I just, I just don't like all-star games in general in any sport. I don't enjoy them. I think, I think the, the most fun all-star festivity of any sport is the home run derby, and that's far and away the most exciting. Agreed. The dunk contest should be up there, but right. unfortunately, it's not. Because you don't have big names. Like, yeah. how many years in a row have we seen guys that, one, you don't even know who they are, two, they're not all-stars anyway, are competing in the dunk contest, they're bringing out props, they're dunking over cars and stuff like this. I, I need to go back to the days where it was the best players, the best true dunkers in the league and big names. And then I think I'll be more interested in mm-hmm. like, give me freaking Giannis LeBron, AG. Those type yeah, of guys, you put those types of names. And in. then yeah, I watch it'd be it. Great. It'd be great. It would, it would be must watch or TV. The, the three point shootout. Give me all the best three point shooters in the league. I know everyone, everyone in the league can now shoot a three, but if, Clay and Steph. Well, they do it. They get. They give you the best three-point shooters. Do they still ever go, or do yeah. they still always go? You still yeah. always get Steph every year. Yeah, Steph or Clay. All right. Yeah, those. But you know, a three. It's a lot like a lot of the NHL skills with a three-point competition. Like I'm just sitting there watching dudes shoot threes. Right. You know, and I like it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll watch, but at the end of the day, I take a step back and I'm like, I'm literally just sitting here watching dudes at shoot around right now. So. Hey, I think the time off here is more valuable than anything else for, without for, a doubt. for all these players. Without a doubt. Kale McCarr's 32nd assist extends his eight-game point streak 
So uh, he goes in on a hot streak in terms of assists. I still think we're waiting for Kale McCarr to catch fire. I certainly don't believe that's going to happen until Bowen Byram and Josh Manson are back in the lineup. And then I think without the heavy minutes, that Kale and Devon have played lately, I think you'll see a more dynamic and more offensively minded Kale McCarr in the second half of the season when they get fully healthy. Damn, dude, it finally happened. McCarr now a co-favorite to win the Norris with Eric Carlson. McCarr's been a favorite all year until Carlson's on fire. Yeah. He's just on fire. And Mm -hmm. if he continues to put up the pace that he is right now, he's got 15 goals, 49 assists and 64 points already uh it does eric carlson if he doesn't stop the pace he's gonna win it it's all right take your norris take it that's what uh, that'll be a nice consolation prize for playing for the sharks good for you he's mark springer i'm alex ryan emmy we'll take our final time out here on the other side we'll get you guys some winners for tonight's slate of nhl games uh there's currently a couple of games that just started one nothing lead so far for the boston bruins at the end of one period of play and just a couple minutes from puck drop are the flyers and jets the kings and lightning canadians and senators and the sharks and penguins we'll play some bet the pipes next on between the pipes here on altitude sports radio 92.5 All right, that song means it's time to play some Bet the Pipes here on Between the Pipes on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 through January 26th. Mark Springer holding uh, a five-game lead right now on me. 31-26-0 is the record. I currently stand at 36-36-1 Pardon me, through Thursday evening. So moving on today, there's 11 games on the NHL slate. A few of them touching off right now so let's get straight to it Uh, i'm a big fan of the buffalo sabers on the road at minnesota but i'm not necessarily a huge fan of taking them to win however alex tuck back in minnesota this time with the uh with the buffalo sabers plus 225 to score a goal in tonight's game Uh, i'm gonna take that one on a separate leg and then my only other game chicago and edmonton which starts at 807 mountain time i like over six and a half goals at minus 130 all right uh got two nhl games tomorrow but i'm gonna be watching the american foosball in the afternoon so let's stick with this loaded saturday night nhl slate uh, two picks for you. One, puck's about to drop. I got the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the LA Kings tonight. Hey, don't look now, but the LA Kings are atop the Pacific Division by one point over the Kraken and Knights, although the Kraken have three games in hand uh, against the Kings. But uh, I don't think the Kings will stay atop the Pacific for that long. Um, they played last night. They lo- uh, they went into Florida and won. Nice win. I don't think they can do that on a second straight night now in Tampa. Vasilevsky versus Quick tonight. Definitely love that goaltending matchup for Tampa in their building. So let's go with Tampa, which right now uh, I'm seeing a minus 205. Parlay it with uh, the Arizona Coyotes tonight. Wow. 830 at the Anaheim Ducks. Ducks just beat the Avs. I think we're going to see the Avs inspired we saw that today after a loss to the ducks i think the ducks tonight are gonna be like we just beat the mighty ads we just beat the ads and now we're in the building we should beat the yotes no problem 
They're going to cakewalk tonight like the Avs cakewalked a little bit in the third period. Yotes are going to get them. This is about an even line, too, for the Yotes on the road at minus 105. Uh, so parlay that with my Lightning for plus 190. Plus 190 on the parlay for spring. Nobody wants to win that game. All of those teams want to lose. Connor Bedard is in the future. Stop winning games, all of you idiots. For Mark Springer, for Jordan Berg, my name is Alex Ryan. I mean, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Between the Pipes. Avs win 4-2. They're off for the next nine days. The next time you'll hear our voices will be Tuesday, February 7th, after a 5 p.m. puck drop between the Avs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Avs win. All is well. All-star games coming up. They've won seven of eight. They're third in the Central Division. Second half of the season's coming up. So again, for Mark, for Jordan, I'm Alex. It's Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. We'll catch you guys on Monday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.